What reward shall be given or done unto thee, thou false tongue? Even mighty and sharp arrows with hot burning coals. Woe is me that I am constrained to dwell with Meshech, and to have my habitation among the tents of Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt among them, that are enemies unto peace. I labor for peace, but when I speak unto them thereof, they make them ready to battle. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 43rd chapter, the first book of Moses, called Genesis. And the famine was sore in the land, and it came to pass, when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said unto them, Go again, buy us a little food. And Judah spake unto him, saying, The man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. If thou wilt send our brother with us, we will go down and buy thee food. But if thou wilt not send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. And Israel said, Wherefore dealt ye so ill with me, as to tell the man whether ye had yet a brother? And they said, The man asked us straightly of our state and of our kindred, saying, Is your father yet alive? Have ye another brother? And we told him according to the tenor of these words. Could we certainly know that he would say, Bring your brother down? And Judah said unto Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou, and also our little ones. I will be surety for him. Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring him not unto thee, and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. For except we had lingered, surely now we had returned this second time. And their father Israel said unto them, if it must be so, now do this. Take of the best fruits in the land in your vessels, and carry down the man a present, a little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, nuts and almonds, and take double money in your hand, and the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks, carry it again in your hand, peradventure it was an oversight. Take also your brother, and arise and go again unto this man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. If I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. And the men took that present, and they took double money in their hand and Benjamin, and rose up and went down to Egypt, and stood before Joseph. And when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the ruler of his house, Bring these men home, and slay, and make ready. For these men shall dine with me at noon. And the man did as Joseph bade, and the man brought the men into Joseph's house. And the men were afraid, because they were brought into Joseph's house. And they said, Because of the money that was returned in our sacks at the first time are we brought in, that he may seek occasion against us, and fall upon us, and take us for bondmen and our asses. And they came near to the steward of Joseph's house, and they communed with him at the door of the house. 
and said, O oh, sir, we came indeed down at the first time to buy food, and it came to pass when we came to the inn that we opened our sacks, and behold, every man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight, and we have brought it again in our hand. And other money have we brought down in our hands to buy food. We cannot tell who put our money in our sacks. And he said, Peace be to you, fear not. Your God and the God of your father have given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. And he brought Simeon out unto them. And the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water, and they washed their feet, and he gave their asses provender. And they made ready the present against Joseph came at noon, for they heard that they should eat bread there. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house, and bowed themselves to him to the earth. And he asked of them of their welfare, and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom ye spake? Is he yet alive? And they answered, Thy servant our father is in good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obeisance. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother, of whom ye spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother, and he sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there. And he washed his face and went out and refrained himself and said, Set on bread. And they set on for him by himself and for them by themselves and for the Egyptians which did eat with them by themselves, because the Egyptians might not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that he is an abomination unto the Egyptians. And they sat before him the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men marveled one at another. And he took and sent messes unto them from before him. But Benjamin's mess was five times so much as any of theirs. And they drank and were merry with him. It read the lesson. The benediction on page 8 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 8. Oh, all ye marks of the Lord, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O oh, ye angels of the Lord, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O oh, ye heavens, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O oh, ye waters that be above the firmament, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O oh, ye powers of the Lord, bless ye the Lord. 
continue in the bottom of page 12. Please kneel. The Lord be with you. are hid. 
Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have none other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this soul. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, and visit the sins of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and show mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this Lord. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Lord, have mercy Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days shalt thou labor and do all that thou hast to do. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no matter of work. Thou and thy son and thy daughter, thy manservant and thy maidservant, thy cattle and the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt do no murder. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not see it. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his servant, nor his maid, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is his. Lord, have mercy upon us, and by all be Let us pray. O Lord, our governor, whose glory is in all the world, we commend this nation to thy merciful care, that being guided by thy providence, we may dwell secure in thy peace. Grant to the President of the United States and to all in authority both wisdom and strength to know and to do thy will. Fill them with the love of truth and righteousness, and make them ever mindful of their calling to serve this people in thy fear. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. The College Epistle and Gospel appointed for the fourth Sunday in Lent is found beginning on page 95 of the Book of Common Prayer. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech thee, Almighty God, 
that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished by the comforts of thy grace may mercifully be relieved through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost one God world without end Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee on the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. The epistle is written in the fourth chapter of Galatians, beginning at the 21st verse. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. Even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. I read at the epistle. Please join me in hymn 631.
when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise to the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Please join me in the Nicene Creed, found on page 246. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate he suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophet, 
Please be seated. of 
heresy and rebellion to hone and strengthen the witness of his church against the wolves, ready to pin half-truths and empty words to their woolen suits. There are many, many wolves. So what was the message of these heretics commonly called Judaizers who attacked the young church at Galatia? Their message to the Gentile converts was actually quite simple. It goes something like this. It is good that you believe in Christ, but salvation can only come through your personal performance of the law. At a human level, this idea makes perfect sense, hence why it was so seductive and dangerous. It makes sense that my salvation is fully in my control. For as a fallen human, I would rather have salvation be up to me and fail than admit that I have no power to save myself. In fact, humans are so good at self-deception that we can change the rules to the game to convince ourselves we're winning. At least the ancient Aztecs were trying to sustain the natural world with their religion of human sacrifice. Not recommended, but a big goal. What about the average American? The average American sacrifices himself, his soul, his body, his person, in order to find fulfillment or happiness or the right work-life balance or positive feeling for the perfect retirement or whatever fleeting purpose people daily die for, unquestionably. It is indeed, I admit, pretty rare to find a person struggling with an intense desire to fulfill every aspect of the Mosaic Law. And so we might falsely imagine that St. Paul's words have little relevance for us today. But as we can easily see if we open our eyes, the cultural pressures of our fallen world pushes us towards an almost infinite amount of false salvations. We are told by the modern Judaizers not that we must become functional Jews to be saved. Rather, we are told we must become functional atheists to be saved. We are told it's fine if you believe in Christ. That's lovely. Whatever. But salvation can only come by embracing what we tell you to embrace. Things like the toxic dehumanization of people through pagan sexual practices. Or by perverse political engagements where people who care nothing about us ask us to die for them or by saving the environment, or by completing our bucket list, or by our kids being more successful than we are, or by looking young, or being nicer, all of the exhausting ways in which we are ordered to save ourselves and the world. What we find in our modern society is that our neighbors and friends and family are slaughtering themselves at an unprecedented rate in the richest, freest, most entertained country in the history of the world. But how else could it be when they daily feel the intense, unrelenting pressure of our functionally godless society 
pushing them into their graves with the endless burdens of self-salvation. The suicide, right? Losing, what, 100,000 people died from suicide last year. That's two Vietnam Wars in a year. The suicides, however, are simply the, the dead canary in a coal mine for a people who think they can save themselves. A people chasing futility and death. A people who have forgotten eternity and so will be forgotten. Into that world, a world in which this will very much live, St. Paul says this to all people. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. More than anything else, St. Paul is telling us to remember who we are. He does so not by giving us some empty promises or a pep talk, but by showing us how the real living God operates in a real world through the lives of two women, Sarah and Hagar. Abraham, of course, the father of the chosen people, was the husband of Sarah, and in their old age, God promised the elderly couple they would be blessed with a son, a promise which made the perfectly reasonable Sarah laugh at God. Years later, years later, with still no son, and no doubt worried about who would take care of them in their old age, Sarah asked Abraham to commit adultery with her young servant girl, Hagar, to produce an heir. Now, this abominable action was perfectly acceptable in the unredeemed culture of the time. Although, as terrible as this act was to use your slave girl to try to force an heir into your life, as horrible as this act was, it doesn't quite rise to the level of the unnatural horrors of our own age. For example, it is now a given that we read about in our news and on the internet the common mention of children being bought and sold through the dehumanizing practice of service. The only difference between what Sarah asked Abraham to do is that we have the deadening effect of technology to blur our moral thinking. Every culture in every age is in rebellion against its creator. And so Abraham's culturally acceptable sin was nonetheless a terrible betrayal of God. And the son, born of their sin, was a living reminder of Abraham's failure to trust in God. Position him. Of course, Abraham's attempt to save himself and his family by following his sinful neighbor's example led to bitter, horrible jealousy between Sarah and Hagar, his wife and his mistress ending with Hagar and her son Ishmael's exile. Sarah says, send him away, but send him away to die. And this punishment would have killed them except for the gracious intercession of God who saves them in the wilderness. Now the great question to ask at this point is, why does St. Paul dredge up this terrible story about essential character in salvation history, a sign of Abraham's terrible failing to follow God? when he's telling the Galatians to be strong. Well, 
because the apostle desperately wants us to trust in the life promised by God rather than the slavery and death which can only come from trusting in our own accomplishments for our salvation. Abraham, let fear and pressure lead him to put his faith, his actual faith in sex and power rather than the promises of God. And just like every religion which leads us to put our faith in ourselves or in the decaying temporary things of this world, this blind faith in dying things leads to disaster. Paul's argument shouldn't be that hard to understand. He's saying, everyone who has sought eternal life in their works has failed. Why would you follow that path? If that argument is true for those who think perfectly following the law of God will save them, how much more true is it for people who think being a perfect fill-in-the-blank will save them? Whatever ideology, whatever cause men tell us to die for. What does Paul say? Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? If we are really listening to whatever law we think will save us, all we will hear is the ever-growing sound of our inevitable failure, our failure to be good enough. As strange as it may sound to say on this mothering Sunday, whether we realize it or not, we are all as barren as Sarah, and no amount of self-improvement will change that reality. No law or resolution or plan or Google search or drug will change that reality. The first step to salvation, the first step to remembering who we are, as St. Paul tells us, is to know that we are barren, but blessedly God is life. God looked upon the barren, childless Sarah, guilty of unbelief, pride, jealousy, and attempted murder. He looked upon her, and he doesn't throw her, into hell. He doesn't destroy her. He doesn't turn her into a pillar of salt. What does he do? He unites her to the Trinity's world-saving mission by giving her that son of promise. Son of promise she didn't believe. Giving her that son of promise. He gave her life she didn't deserve because God keeps his promises. It's incredible. The salvation of the world took its first step forward through a tiny heartbeat inside the womb of an old barren woman given up for dead by her world. That heartbeat would grow up to be the man Isaac, and from him would come generations of chosen men and women, each in their own way, a living testimony to the throbbing human need for salvation. Until another woman, clothed in her virginity, was blessed with the new life which would take away all barrenness. The son of promise who came to reverse the fall of man, to restore the garden of creation, to create new life in us where men see only death. 
It is Jesus Christ's resurrected glory which changed St. Paul from persecutor to martyr. And it is his resurrected glory which should lead all of us, barren, unfruitful human deserts, to join with the prophets and apostles, saying, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. What we find is that God's grace is for the barren. And so the barren can now rejoice. We can rejoice instead of worrying. We can rejoice instead of complicating our lives with all the fruitless pursuits of the lost. We can rejoice and know that Christ has promised life to those who believe. He has promised everything to those who are free. Who are free. By God's grace, we are the sons and daughters of promise. And by God's grace, we are free. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. We continue on page 47. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, even so do unto them. For this is the law and the prophets. Please join me in hymn 282.
We continue on page 250. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ Church militant here on earth. Almighty and ever-living God, who by thy holy apostle has taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, we humbly beseech thee most mercifully to accept our alms and oblations and to receive these our prayers which we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord, and grant that all those who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. We beseech thee also so to direct and dispose the hearts of all Christian rulers, that they may truly and impartially administer justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice and to the maintenance of thy true religion and virtue. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and pastors, especially Peter, our bishop ordinary, that they may both by their life and doctrine set forth thy true and lively word and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with me part and due reverence they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. And we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity, especially those for whom our prayers are desired. And we also bless thy holy name, for all thy servants departed this life in thy faith and fear beseeching thee to give us grace so to follow their good examples, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant this, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. The exhortation is found on page 255 of the Book of Common Prayer. Dearly beloved in the Lord, he that mind to come to the holy communion of the body and blood of our Savior Christ must consider how St. Paul exhorted all persons diligently to prove and examine themselves before they presume to eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For as the benefit is great, if with a true penitent heart and lively faith we receive that holy sacrament, for then we spiritually eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood. Then we dwell in Christ and Christ in us. We are one with Christ and Christ with us. So is the danger great. We receive the same unworldly. For then we are guilty of the body and blood of Christ our Savior. We eat and drink our own condemnation, not considering the Lord's body. We kindle God's wrath against us. We provoke him to plague us with diverse diseases and sundry kinds of death. Judge them of yourselves, brethren, that ye be not judged by the Lord. Repent you truly for your sin past. Have a lively and steadfast faith in Christ our Savior. Amend your lives, and be in perfect charity with all men. So shall ye be meet partakers of those holy mysteries. And above all things, ye must give most humble and hearty thanks to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, 
redemption of the world by the death and passion of our Savior Christ, both God and man, who did humble himself, even to the death upon the cross, for us miserable sinners, who lay in darkness and the shadow of death, that he might make us the children of God and exalt us to everlasting life. And in the end, that we should always remember the exceeding great love of our Master and only Savior, Jesus Christ, thus dying for us, and the innumerable benefits which by his precious bloodshedding he hath obtained for us. He hath instituted and ordained holy mysteries as pledges of his love, and for a continual remembrance of his death, to our great and endless comfort. To him, therefore, with the Father and the Holy Ghost, let us give, as we are most found in, continual thanks, submitting ourselves wholly to his holy will and pleasure, and studying to serve him in true holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Amen. Ye who truly and earnestly repent of your sin, and are love and charity with your neighbors, and intend to live in love, following the commandments of God, and walking from henceforth in his holy ways. Draw near with me, and take this holy sacrament to your comfort, and make your humble confession to Almighty God, meekly kneeling upon your knees. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all men, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed, by thought, word, and deed, against thine divine majesty, provoking most justly thy wrath and indignation against us. We do earnestly repent, and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us, the burden of them is intolerable. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. For thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee in newness of life to the honor and glory of thy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who with great mercy hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with pointing repentance and true faith turn unto him, have mercy upon you, pardon, and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what comfort of the words our Savior Christ hath, unto all who truly turn to him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. So God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here also in St. Paul said, This is a true saying, and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Here also in St. John said, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so too. It is very meet, 
right in our bounden duty, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Glory be to thee, O Lord most high. Amen. We continue with the prayer from Alexis on page 261. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord, whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made them, by his one oblation of himself once offered, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and in institute, and in his holy gospel, command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we most humbly beseech thee, and grant that we, receiving these thy creatures of bread and wine, According to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it, in remembrance of me. Amen.
Lord Jesus Christ, which is given for thee, preserve thy body and soul into everlasting life. Beneath this in remembrance that Christ died for thee, and leaving him in thy heart by faith of thanksgiving. Blessed is thou, mighty Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, confining him to always. Amen. Blessed is thou, mighty Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, confining him to always. Amen. We continue with the Lord's Prayer on page 264. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. thy humble servants entirely desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. 
And here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy and lively sacrifice unto thee, humbly beseeching thee that all we who are partakers of this Holy Communion may be fulfilled with thy grace and heavenly benediction. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee to accept this our bounden duty and service, not weighing our merits but pardoning our offenses. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Glory be to God on high, and on earth peace, God will towards man. We praise thee, we bless thee, we worship thee, we glorify thee, we give thanks to thee for thy